Hey everyone, I'm Fredo. And I'm Benji. And this is Apes on Tape Podcast. Welcome. Hey everyone, episode 27 of Apes on Tape Podcast, the podcast with a guy in a wheelchair and a guy in a regular chair without wheels. Beyond than you. Which is you. You're the one without... You're the one whose legs work. Yeah, yeah, that is me. And don't they work well? Well, they're pretty skinny little pins, but, uh, you know, they get me from A to B. Yeah. Yeah, rub it in, would not you mind? Well, well, you pointed it out, mate, you know, I was silent about my little pins. Yeah, I know. It's so funny, <coughs> though, because, like, like, you'd expect me, as someone who has lost the use of their limbs, to have, like, very skinny legs, but, like... We have the same size legs. All right, like, mate, don't rub it in. Like, girth-wise. <laughs> <laughs> we have the same girth. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Thanks, mate. Yeah. What, so what are you grateful for? Um, what I'm grateful for? I'm grateful for my mates. For your mates? For, for, for my mates, yeah. I've got yeah. some fucking fantastic mates. You do have good mates. But I think the reason why you have good mates is because you are such a good friend to other people. Oh, that's... Like, you make my gratitude list very often. Oh, thanks, man. That's that's really kind. But I, I mean, people are pretty. Well, the mates in particular that I'm talking about right now are particularly, you know, amazing in in their generosity. And uh, yeah, it was actually. I'll actually. T- I'll tell you the whole story. Like it was. Uh, Please. You, you were there, but um, they gave me a, a very special birthday present, and this was all the way back in May. And um, Eleanor, who is fantastic at this sort of like clue giving and treasure hunting, and this little piece inside this little piece will lead you to that little piece inside that little piece. Mm. Can you work the clues, Magic Man? That sounds so much fun. She's so much she's fun. so clever at it. Actually, the the very first time I uh, I I met her, I realised how good she was at it. It's because Terrell thrust the phone in my face and saying, "Oh, it's Eleanor. Uh, you know, send. I'm sending her a voice note. Is there anything?" You, she needs to bring to dinner tonight and I was like why yes actually there is I would like you to bring a small painted wooden duck also it is necessary for you to bring a tiny tiny mirror that when you look inside of it you see yourself as an old 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 person <laughs> and I was just riffing you, oh really you just, just said that as a joke yeah I just said it as a joke and then uh, Eleanor turned up and she had both those items. No way. And I was like, this is remarkable. I was like, Tarot, this is a woman you absolutely need to keep hold of. Yeah. And she actually opened with an apology and was like, I'm really sorry, Benji, because I didn't find the... She's not South African. Yeah, that was... She's a... German. She's German. <laughs> I didn't I'm sorry, quite... bro. <laughs> oh, listen, Benji, all right, I could bread. not quite find what you asked me for, all right? <laughs> but I did find the diamond. <laughs> 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 no, she didn't speak with a South African accent. She, spe- she speaks with a very beautiful, soft German accent. Mm. Um, and I find it quite endearing. Oh, absolutely, mm, yeah. Wonderful it's, it's, accent. It's very kind and warm. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, she was like, I'm really sorry. I tried to get the things you asked for me uh, from me, but I couldn't quite manage. So here's a list of other things that I bought that you can choose from. And one was, like, you know, a crystal that she had found years ago in a cave. And, like, this is... <laughs> A small poem or, a, like, loads of little beautiful, like, treasury trinket items to replace yeah. the fact that she hadn't been able to find a small painted wooden duck. Yeah. She had, however, found a small wooden painted duck. What's the difference? Well, the difference is I was asking for a small painted wooden duck. She had, in fact, bought me a small piece of wood, which on it, had a painted duck. Oh, well, that... And I was like, that's really fucking close, Eleanor. Like, uh, <laughs> and you bought me like a plethora of different items to choose from because like, oh, I didn't have a small painted wooden duck uh, in South Africa. <laughs> I could only get a small wooden painted duck. Um, so I was pretty satisfied with the, with the duck. And obviously the mirror was remarkable. Yeah, how did that... that, that <clears throat> so she had a, a small like mirror, like a clasp mirror yeah. um, for doing your makeup. Um, and as you open it, she had obviously held it at a certain angle and distance and then um, drawn wrinkles on the mirror so that if you hold it at a certain place, you just see yourself with with a bunch of wrinkles. And I was like, not only are you a genius, but you've gone to like so much effort. Remarkably, you have these items I've pulled out of my ass minutes before you're due to be here for dinner. And I was like, phenomenal, phenomenal. So that, that gives you an idea of like how good Eleanor is at like yeah. 
Um, and this has nothing to do with your birthday present. No, but this like is just painting the picture of, the sort picture of, of what she's capable yeah. of doing, and like that combined with you know Tarol's generosity and enthusiasm and, and get up and go. You know, you've got a great fucking combo there. Mm. And yeah, so I opened this parcel on my birthday, and it was just three cylinders of elements. One was water, one was earth, and one was. Um, like grass mm. and I, and they were like pick one and see what happens and I was like what and there was like a little poem with it and um, wow. and so they were like yeah pick two elements and, and that will be your birthday treat and I was like oh, well what does it mean and then it basically mm. explained in the poem that like you know you won't know until the day but you and, and Katie will come over and we will do activities that relate to the two elements that you select out of these three in your parcel so I selected dirt and and um, and water because I couldn't love water anymore personally, and I had an inkling that dirt may be something to do with um, mountain biking, and I know that because I know that Eleanor um, works for Santa Cruz and she's big into it, and I was like, well, there's no better person yeah. to to do that sort of. So I guess with. like we'll never know what the grass would have been. No, I mean maybe they don't even know. Mm. Like it was very, it was like they probably managed to get that like off the bat as well. Um, so yeah, anyway, we did it. Um, yeah. like they, they just let me know. They were like, Oh, by the way, keep Sunday free. And I was like, for what? And they were like, well, you'll find out. So it's like nearly six months later, if not more. Yeah. And yeah, they were just wonderful. We went over and they, they cooked us breakfast and there was a little treasure hunt and I had to like find a, a note inside a small cup that was like, looks like a plant pot, but it's not quite a plant pot. <laughs> I, so what could, was it? Uh, it was just like an upside down small container amongst many plants oh. and so I had to like climb a little chair and poke around and find it and it was just a cup of dirt and I poured the dirt out in the dirt was a key no way it sounds oh. like an escape oh. room it feels like an escape room they're so good at it and there's little notes everywhere like giving me clues as where will you go next young one like you yeah, find the door that matches the key open it up and see blah blah blee <laughs> <laughs> ah, that sounds so good and um, so yeah uh, so I, I then managed to find a door downstairs which was like another establishment like a different person's chalet <laughs> I was like really it works in here that's hello <laughs> went in and there was this gleaming brand spanker steed of a Santa Cruz no way and they were like well that's yours for the day off, off we go yeah. you know get, get your helmet on and here we go and it was great having like you know that's super cool man Santa so Cruz cool. bike for the day that's it was so, so cool. good yeah br- like a brand Brand Spanker's state of the art. Yeah. And it was so much fun. And Ellen is a very skilled biker and been doing it for a long time. So she was a great person to teach me. And, you know, Tarrell is is definitely lights a fire under my ass because he'll do something. I'm like, oh, I should probably do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. He's not only is he a daredevil, but you've also, yeah. And and if you follow him down the trail, you'll be like, oh, well, he's just hit that massive jump and made it look easy. So maybe I'll I'll do the same. And then when you're in the air, like, oh, my God. (laughs) But also, as from my biking experience, like I realized uh, like quite late on that, like the better the bike, the much more enjoyable the experience oh yeah and you're like fuck I remember like having my my YT Jeffsy and I was just like oh my god this is what this is why people like whoop and hollow when they're biking it's so fucking yeah, rad yeah really you know yeah and then because I, before I was on this like 26 and it was like bang 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 and my hands would hurt like it, it would just shake the shit out of me yeah and I would be like oh this 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 is just unpleasant yeah. but then when you get a good bike you're like oh wow the trails are now flowy and yeah. the bikes just you know like when you, you've you had the same experience well more or less but surely like, with a snowboard you know what I mean yeah, yeah, a, yeah, a, a yeah. good snowboard can yeah. make or break a, yeah, yeah, a day yeah. you're absolutely you're absolutely yeah. right it, um, and anyway, it was it was just such a wonderful day, and like, as as you may know, I'm not into biking. Like I'm absolutely petrified of it, mm. um, which is quite unusual for me to be scared of a sport. Usually, I'm like, yeah, well, you've never done it before. Go there. What? He's already left. Oh, god. Yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting for me to like navigate the sport that I'm genuinely like quite fearful of. And That's it, kind of what I was <clears> alluding <throat> to with like the bike. Like when you're on a shit bike, like normally people start on shit bikes, mm. and it's and it's quite unpleasant because you're not going to like fork out for a mat like like again like a, mm. a brand new Santa Cruz mm. state of the art thing, which yeah. which can make or break your experience. Yeah, which is so cool. I guess like one of the things that confuses me about biking is that like when you're going well, it's the when you're going snowboarding, you you get to the top of a hill. And you look like, oh, I can't do that. Mm. I 
you know, I, I won't. It looks too dangerous. I'm not going to do it. Or you you navigate it like really super slowly. Mm. Um, with a bike, I'm on the bike and I'm like, I look at the terrain in front of me and I'm like, I'm not capable of navigating that terrain. Mm. I don't know this tool mm. well enough. Like, and I certainly know that if I take a bicycle by my experiences over that and round there and on that, I, you know, it will break into pieces as will I. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, you, you, you know, you just go because you have to go because there's nowhere else to go. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then you're like, oh, the bike's just done it all, and I just happen to be present for it. Mm. Um, and I think that having a, the, you know, the vast majority of my biking experiences being on like, you know, a road bike or a shit mountain bike or a BMX, mm. I'm not used to, you know, understanding the terrain as. As as capable, yeah, yeah, and then absolutely. the bike's just like, <laughs> and then softly, you know, pushes you out the end. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, so good. So tell me, did you have fun? Where did you go? Yeah, it was great. We went up uh, Super M, and and I got, you know, I got taught, and you know, it was the four of us. It was like Katie came along as well, so it was great. It was nice to just do something yeah. as the four. So nice to get given a present where like you all enjoy it because yeah. I find it quite of a struggle we're like here we all got chipped in and got you a bungee jump and we're going to come and watch while you do it yourself mm. and it's all a bit like oh this is all about me yeah yeah and uh, a it's lovely r- group activity yeah. Um, yeah and it doesn't end there it went it like uh, we uh, went back so that to their was the house. dirt and that you had the, the water yeah and I was knackered after the dirt and then there were more clues back at their house of which I opened and in the car we got after I found another key and nice. um, yeah, they drove drove us down to Lucknow, and they got um, Josh with his boat there, and we we did wakeboarding. That's for the, so cool. for the first first time ever. I think the other, only other time I'd done wakeboarding, I just floundered around in the sea and 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 didn't manage to get up. Yeah. And it was like a you know a fifteen minute experience of which I, you know, never was compelled to repeat. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then this time was just so much fun. It was yeah. incredible. Like we all individually. We were each like petrified that we were going to be the ones that like, oh, it's going to be me that doesn't even stand up. And I'm going to be like a loser at the back of the boat being like, yeah, well done. <laughs> <laughs> were there other people that hadn't done it before? Uh, yeah, I think Eleanor was the only one that had done it before. Oh, really? I thought Terrell had done it for sure. No, I don't think so. Interesting. No, no, no. Like, I well, find... Maybe he had, but like a similar experience mm. to mine at the very most. Yeah. I've had like experiences uh, mostly at, at uh, a wake park. Mm. Where the, the like in at least in a boat you can get dragged up like slowly, whereas at a, at a cable park like it, it's like buzzing round, and when it catches like boom, it's like one speed, and you're like if if you're not up, you're like slam. Oh, no. Like yeah, it, I spent the first forty minutes of my first ever wakeboarding experience just getting like whiplash. No, yeah, bang, bang, bang. Yeah, like, it was horrible. And then once you're up, you're like, oh great, oh my god, yes, I'm up. And then you're like. Oh, I know how to snowboard. Immediately, those skills transfer. It's yeah, literally yeah, like yeah. Uh, riding on a powder day. You're like, yeah. oh, okay, great. Heel side, toe side, brilliant. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. finally, um, yeah. you're up. But when, on when it's on a boat, it's a lot easier because the boat can pull you up gently and yeah, then speed yeah, yeah. up. But. Yeah, and it, and the boat's obviously creating a wake for you to play mm. with, which was so much fun. And yeah, like you say, the the skills transferred, and, and I managed to do all right. I will say that I tried very hard because I did gift myself at least three or four like ooh slams mm. like whoosh, yeah. and like not only do you catch a toe edge or a heel edge but you're also holding on to something that's dragging you 20 <laughs> miles an hour so it rips you down and you're like oh water it's not soft it's yeah it's incredibly painful yeah and yeah so I felt funny. like my jaw was broken on the first one like I twisted in a way I was like oh Definitely done size my spine there. And to be perfectly honest, the, the day after, it was like having a savage hangover. Mm. I was like, I can't move. Mm. And I had a rattling headache because I'd slammed myself, you know, head first yeah. into the wake plenty of times. But, you know, it was, I mean, I've got pissed and have had a hangover for, for way worse reasons. Yeah, yeah. Like that was a worthy hangover, an exhaustion hangover. Mm. But man, it was... It was super fun. We'll put a, uh, a little video yeah, on the Instagram absolutely. of, of the, the joy that we all experienced. The video you sent me was so much fun because yeah, I could see your progression, a mm. uh, little cab one mm. off the wake, and then mm. it was like, yay, and then like, boom, ouch. <laughs> and I just, it's so funny, man, because like, as, as someone who's done wakeboarding in the past, I've been through the entire experience of being like, oh, wakeboarding looks fun, like I can snowboard, and then like, ouch, 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 that yeah. really hurt. And then like, Every time I go to do it, I, I 
I forget how much like your body, yeah, even if you don't slam that much, just holding onto the rope and like all these muscles that tense across your back and your mm. biceps and your even your forearms, the, the day after, like even if you don't slam that much, you're like, ow, like oh, my body aches. This <laughs> yeah. is such a full body workout. You wonder why like the, the wakeboarder guys that hang out at the cable park are ripped and look yeah. like Greek gods, you know, you're like Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Because they, they're literally just, yeah, using playing all. tug of war with a boat constantly yeah, yeah. it's so cool um but yeah man I, I just i watched your video and it was so funny man it reminded me of a friend of mine who came to like i had a birthday park party um a cable park in the new forest yeah and he came along bless him he's not very athletic and he tried so hard getting up it was like he was just slam 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 oh. and he finally got up and um, on the cable parks, you've not had that experience before, but when you go around the corners, they have boys and you have to like go between the boys because as the cable goes around the corner, it goes slack mm. and then it goes taut. And he, I was like, you know, trying to shout, but you can't really shout. And he was just like, yay, I'm up, I'm up. No. And he didn't go between the boys. No. So I was just like, oh God. And like the the cable goes slack and then it goes boom. And <laughs> Oh no! Oh mate, he was like he said he felt like his eyeballs like just like went. <laughs> he just like water was forced so much into his eye sockets that his eyeballs felt funny, and he oh, was just like the inertia yeah. of his stack caused him to have his eyes at the back of his head. Yeah, it, he was just blessing poor fella. Mm. Um, Horrific. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can I can concur. I whoever you are, I empathise with you. There was some horrendous stacks, and maybe maybe you'll get to see one if you look at. Instagram but uh, I've banged on for long enough about why I'm grateful although I will just end that with like I'm grateful for my mates and how much effort they put into like giving all four of us such a really really wonderful day and I'm so lucky to have chums like that that are willing to do things like that yeah Uh, man and uh, leading on from that uh, what are you grateful for well thanks for sharing that's so that's such an awesome little anecdote and Mm. like yeah like it's so cool well actually my what I'm grateful for has to do with a boat as well which happened today indeed it did and um, well basically I'm grateful for the experience but I'm actually really grateful for you and I'd like to tell the story because you were there but it's quite (laughs) a funny anecdote yeah so I got a, a message this morning and I got up late and normally I don't look at my phone before I do my meditation and my journaling. It's kind of like a strict rule. I have like uh, the screen time uh, like set at downtime so it doesn't mm. switch on until nine. Mm. You know, I usually get up much earlier than that. And I looked at my phone. There was a message from a, a guy called Denny Barbe, who's mm. a guy I um, met at the Handy Sport convention. Mm. Lovely guy, pro sit skier, has been injured for like 30 years. You know, he's a wheelchair user, very, very nice. He's like... Would you like to come out on on the on the my boat with me today? And I looked at it, and for some reason, immediately was just like, it doesn't look very comfortable. Like probably gonna bash around on the water, and like, nah, I I don't know, probably not. <laughs> I've got plans with Benji, and you know, we've got to do a podcast, and I'm gonna have to let him down. And I was like, I'll, I'll message Benji and, and see if he's keen, but he'll he'll probably be like, no, no, and we we got a podcast to do. Well, I went on a boat yesterday. Yeah, and I was literally thinking, he went on a boat earlier on this week, and um, you know, he he was sore from the wakeboard. He won't want to go out on a boat again. Uh. And I just literally. T- had this internal conversation uh, even you know it was really frustrating me that I'd, that I'd looked at my phone before I'd done my meditation because then all I was thinking about was like during my meditation oh I've got I've, well, I, I don't want to say no because like you know he might not ask me to go out on his boat again and, and it'd be really great because I, I really want to practice French and like you know get to know this guy and I, you, know, I, you know I'm probably going to have to let him down and then I was like I think I said yeah I messaged Benji I was like and, and so I messaged you a voice note and the first one was like, oh, I've been offered to go out on a boat today. Would you like to come along? And then you hadn't replied because um, he'd also sent another message. You can bring a mate who isn't disabled if you mm. want. I was like, well, Benji might want to come. You know, we do have to do a podcast, but, you know. But then uh, you hadn't replied to my voice note. So then I sent you another voice note saying, oh, it doesn't matter. I've got back to him. And, and uh, yeah, and just you probably didn't want to go anyway. And, uh, you know, it, it's fine. <laughs> it's going to be rubbish. I'm rubbish. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's no, fine, I don't yeah. And then you messaged back saying, like, the complete opposite, like, full of enthusiasm, like, what? Boat? Rad! Yeah, let's do it, man. Like, that's really cool. Like, let's go on a boat together. That, and I'm like, really? Are you, are you, like, you're, you're keen to do that? And mm-hmm. I really wish I could, like, recount the thread of text <laughs> between us, because it was me struggling so hard to stay inside my comfort zone. Oh, you were clutching at the straws, just, like, pulling excuses directly out of your rectum, like, oh, well, you know... 
it's at five. I was like, it's a, it's one now. <laughs> Tonon is forty minutes away. Are we going to fucking wheel there in your chair? <laughs> But you'd said that you were at work, and I didn't know what sort of work you were doing. I was mm. like, are you going to finish work at five? You're like, yeah, I'll be ready. Like, come pick me up at four. It's fine. Mm. I'm like, well, the boat doesn't look very comfortable. And you were like, well, everything outside your comfort zone, Fred, isn't very comfortable. And I was like, well... <laughs> That's you know. why it's called your comfort zone. Yeah. And uh, and then I also realised that the guy, you know, who's taking me out is in a wheelchair. So he would completely understand. Yeah. That- He's also been in a wheelchair for, like, you know... 30 years longer than you. <laughs> yeah. So he's definitely prepared for any eventuality. Like, it's, you know, it's something he does regularly. Like, yeah. you're, you're not going to get there and be like, oh, there's no wheelchair access. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's definitely fucking thought of that, mate. I know, it was so funny. And then, and I was like, oh, God, well... Um, I well- may as well have pulled you by your pubes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, like, and, and there's so many occasions that you, you're, by one direction or another, you're like, you're sort of nudge to get out of your comfort zone it's something that you're constantly hoping to expand mm. to and, and I'm just like this this is that time and you're like well sailing really isn't for me you know yeah. it's not my bag man I'm like what the hell mm. yeah it's so funny so, so, so I first of all I messaged him um, saying look I'm really sorry I've got I've, I've, I'm busy tonight uh, so you know I, I can't make it and then I, you were like well, why don't you message him and, and, and say that, that you can I was like well he's yeah. probably <laughs> filled the spot you know the vacancy's gone he told me to reply straight away and yeah. and I was like you know I, it's probably and you were like well why didn't you just message him like, Again, I was like yeah. fine I'll, I'll message him but I'm, I'm pretty sure you know yeah, the, the, the so yeah. absolute pitiful straws. That you're like, well, I've already said no. I, well, how will we ever contact him again? <laughs> we couldn't possibly use these insatiable telephone devices in our hands, could we? So I messaged him and said, uh, "Listen, um, my friend uh, does want to come. Uh, is it still available?" And he's like, "Yeah, sweet. Meet me at five. This is the this is the address." Um, you know, like, and I was like, uh, okay, cool. And then I messaged you still like, Damn. <laughs> oh mate, that's so funny as well. When we're on the boat, I remember messaging you. I was like, well, fine. He said it was okay, but if it's shit, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. And then when I was on the boat and it was the most pristine, beautiful, wonderful experience. Yeah. I just remember thinking, well, if it's shit, it's your fault. <laughs> Looking at you, just being like, thank you so much, mate, for just being so, for like, I don't know, I was being so stubborn mm, for no reason. Yeah. Fortunately, I'm I'm equally tenacious and, uh, and wouldn't let you give it up. So. Yeah. Yeah, and it was wicked, like a glassy lake, beautiful sunset, two lovely Frenchmen mm. who were like, we did so much speaking French, yeah. which is so good for both of us, mm. and what a setting, and it's nice to like... You know, be reminded and taught some, you know, some small attributes of surfing, uh, surfing, um, sailing. sailing. It yeah. was, it was great. It was, oh, it was really beautiful. Both uh, of them were really lovely. Denny really... was lovely. Mm. Uh, Christophe, who was the chef de bord, mm. he was the he was the, the chef de bord. Yeah. He was the captain of the boat, and it was brilliant. It was so wonderful, so so mm. incredibly wonderful. Mm. And I was out there. Literally sat on this boat, glassy lake, surrounded by mountains. Like the sun was perfect mm. like it was warm not too hot then it went into like this in beautiful sunset which yeah. you could like google world's best sunsets and it would be in the top 10 mm. and i was like fuck this was good <laughs> i was like and i just kept thinking like giggling to myself well if it's shit it's your fault benji <laughs> and i was like this was so far from being shit yeah. it was the, probably one of the best wonderful things i've ever done it was just oh, so nice. tranquil yeah. and just Oh, and I was, and you were loving it, man. Oh, of course, like, you I were, love the water. It was wonderful. You were stood glory. I got a wonderful picture of you with the sunset in the background. Mm. Just stood on the boat, just this wonderful silhouette of yeah. you. And I like dragging I got, my feet in the water. Mm. Oh, it was all, it was all glorious. Thank yeah. you, my friend. Thank, Thank you. you. I can't believe like a situation like, hey, do you want to go out on a boat on the lake? Nah, mm. it sounds a bit shit. Well, sometimes we just need a little nudge, don't we, man? It's not that easy to step out of your comfort zone. It's impossible, actually, for you to step out of your comfort zone. Mm. You've got to wheel out your comfort zone, and yeah. that's a l- even a little bit harder. So you know, you need you need the, the old person around to 
to nudge you in the right direction. Well, I, I guess. really appreciate that. Well, man. we've got you know equal gratitude for this because you know I wouldn't have had that experience without you, and you wouldn't have had that experience without me. Well, yeah, well, you got to go out on a boat, and, yeah. and you, you like it's, it's so funny from your what someone wants to take you out on a boat on the lake, <laughs> and there's me, and that's. Well, Benji went out on a boat a couple of days ago, and he's probably quite sore. He definitely doesn't want to go out on a boat again. And uh, mate, what the hell was I thinking? Like, it's so funny. Like, even the hand you met, like going back to the handy sport thing in a couple of episodes ago. Mm. Uh, some of the listeners might remember I went on a whole handy sport weekend, and I literally got dragged there, kicked and screaming like, mm. "Oh, I don't want to go. I'm going to struggle with the French." And I just had the best fucking weekend ever. Like, mm. look, using all these like accessible toys, mm. and that's where I actually met Denny. Um, yeah. at that place and like yeah this led to that and yeah. I don't know man it's so funny how like um, yeah I'm glad I'm glad you I'm glad you had a good time and hopefully you know you're always talking about expanding your comfort zone and you know the more that you build memories of like oh actually it was quite good last time I did that mm. you know the more you, you, you might do it more and you know the more fun well, it was had by all. Bloody great, man, yeah. if I'm honest. Um, so, yeah, super grateful for, mm. like, an, a, a wonderful evening on a, on a sailboat, mm. which was... <laughs> Dreamy. Al- almost yeah. a, a missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the other thing I'm really grateful for is... Uh, so, I the last episode, we were talking about... Um, the video I made for you when I did your custom painted skateboard. Yes. Now from that video, which has been fantastic, I've got two commissioned pieces of artwork. Right. So two people have asked me to paint a skateboard for them for money. And I was like, well, that's amazing because I love painting skateboards and... Someone, I love money. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And um, when it's just it's actually way more than money because someone's like, oh, I want um, something to do with a kayak, but like in your style, you have like creative control. I like mm. waterfalls, bears, fire, and you know, just make it trippy as fuck. And I was mm. like, oh my god! I was just like started flooding with ideas. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is amazing! Like, yeah, oh man. my god, I'm gonna make the most amazing piece of artwork ever. Yeah. And the other one was like a toilet roll holder, which gives me free reign with loads of shit jokes like you know poo puns and yeah, I was just yeah, like oh this is so good so I don't know I've just got two amazing pieces of artwork yeah. to, to crack on with and I'm nice. so stoked and that's all come from like doing one for free for yeah, you yeah, and yeah. then like making a video about it and then also I said to the people that um, not only will I make you the artwork but I will record a video of me doing it as well Yeah, um, right. so it's like a double whammy oh nice man that's such a good idea yeah, yeah super yeah. stoked man super stoked sick man yeah, well yeah. done Mm-hmm. So we've got loads to be grateful for. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, I kind of wanted to talk about that as well, actually, because uh, I was having—I've been having some thoughts recently that have um, that have sort of become a bit overwhelming at times, and I just wanted to talk about them. Um, obviously, uh, like I've spoken a little bit about like um, mental health issues before, but this isn't necessarily that. This is just sort of like just the general struggle of life, and I've been having a you know a bit of a struggle recently mm. um you know i'm not going to go into detail why but um it's just it just sort of dawned on me recently uh that like that struggle's always going to be there and it's sort of, it definitely di- differentiates in in severity and you know diversity and and you know how widely it's spread over how many different issues but like i was like shit everyone's always everyone's always struggling and I, I don't know of anyone that isn't struggling with something mm. whatever it might be and, and I guess you know we we sort of touched on it last week when I was talking about you know um, your your hardship through the years and like you know even the baby that is like cr- crying mm. is is experiencing you know its need for for milk as stressful as you might be experiencing like you know a divorce or like mm. you know a huge tax bill that you can't afford. You, you know, you might look back on the baby and be like, well, that's not a problem. The milk's right there. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. oh, you, don't worry. No one's going to, nothing's going to matter if you don't hand your homework in. Mm. But that doesn't change, like, the stress and the struggle for you. And I was just imagining, like, certain struggles that I've had. And I just was so aware of the fact that there's, like, there's just, if I solve this, there's just going to be something else that like that's just how it works you never yeah. you never solve your problems like you so, you solve some of them and mm. then another one comes immediately and i think there was a there was a 
a book written by someone pretty learned who the name escapes me right now but says you're ne- you're never going to you're never going to escape your problems mm. you just need to look for good quality problems oh that's good advice and yeah while that's good advice i was i was so sort of like dumbfounded by this like the striking realization that like oh shit i'm 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 always going to have mm. these issues and like the issue isn't to solve my issues the issue is to be comfortable with your issues i yeah. guess and i was <clears throat> i'll actually uh, i'll actually tell tell the story of how i realized this i was i was um uh, doing some tiling doing some grouting in mm. uh, in a bathroom it was actually a friend of mine's bathroom max i i work with him with uh, with montana vet so he's a friend and a colleague and he's just selling his house um so it needs to be in tip-top condition yeah and um yeah, uh, I was just doing doing some grouting, and Tarrell had been doing the the plumbing previously, and just got me to come in and do the grouting. Um, and as I was doing it, he hadn't yet installed the toilet, and so I was go- going over, like being very careful, going in the shower, um, going around the toilet that didn't yet exist, and 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 what have you. And there was actually like a a flush button that yeah. was was already there, just just no loo. So I was being very careful around that, and then with grouting, you've got to be like very careful with how quickly you remove, you know, the the excess of which there usually is quite a lot. Yeah, because so you, you have a, you've got a very small window of time to to get it between when it's like pretty damn easy to wipe off like mud and impossible yeah. to get off. Like. So the technique is you is you smear it all over the tiles to get it in the cracks. You, you pick a like a reasonably small section, like a meter by a meter, mm. and you do that, and then you clean it up, and then you do the next section. Yeah, so you but, wipe all <coughs> off the tiles before it's before it sets. sets. Yeah, yeah. Um, so don't overstretch yourself and go too far and be like, oh, I'll just use this quickly and do do three meters squared, and then you, you're like, oh shit, I haven't cleaned it fast enough. They've all, this one's ruined, and um, so I was I was doing the bit around the toilet, and I um, I was actually having a very pleasant time because I I found a new podcast that I'm very interested in. It's just called Psychedelic, and it's just um, it's just recordings of uh, Alan Watts and a few Terence McKenna, just yeah. like sound bites from as small as two minutes to as, as long as an hour. Oh, lovely! Um, it's really amazing. great, and yeah. I, I absolutely love Alan Watts. I you know he's definitely a hero of mine. I hold him in very high esteem. I don't know so much about Terence McKenna, but he's still nice to listen to. Yeah, they both got nice voices, haven't they? They do. Very yeah. like calm, um, like good everything's things to say. Fine. Nothing yeah. is good or bad. Exactly. They they've got very wise and learned teachings mm. to just drip into my ear as I'm. Go well, my brother. Exactly. Fare thee well. <laughs> Worry not. Exactly, and it's so alleviating to listen to them like explain why you don't have to worry and stuff like that. So I was listening to Alan as I was just wiping around this toilet, and then I was like, "Oh, there's a bit of grout around the the flush button, but I'm not, <laughs> but not get that." But there was still a lot everywhere else, mm. and um, it was already drying quite quickly. And I was like, "Oh, it's already getting a bit tough. I better better pick up the pace here because I could be in in a bit of trouble." Yeah. Um, and then as I went to like clean the inner rims of the flush button. I obviously pressed it, and yeah. um, unfortunately, you know, while there was no toilet, it was plumbed in, and <laughs> leaked. It. It's remarkable how much water comes out of a toilet um, mm. when it when it's not got anywhere to go. Yeah, and just liters just started powering out like a fire hose into the, <laughs> into the into the bathroom, which you know was wasn't properly tiled on the floor it was still just the floor like with the tiles taken up so that was like dripping through into the ceiling i panicked i just stuffed my grouting sponge over and it was like ah shit okay there's literally (laughs) like you know there's literally a few centimeters of water all over this tiny bathroom and it's gonna it's gonna go in places i really need it to not go Mm. um very quickly a friend of mine who was also working there was just shouted up to me was like benji you're leaking i was like yeah no shit (laughs) (laughs) 20 liters actually um, and then I was just, uh, I was just there, um, and I was, I was, I was panicked, and I didn't actually know what to do. I was like, well, I, I, actually, I told this in incorrect timing because uh, Alex didn't shout up to me until uh, until the worst had happened, because I was very aware that I was alone at this point, and mm. there was no one in the house, and I was unable to call for help. I couldn't reach for a bucket. I was just stood with, with my sponge held over yeah. this, you know, imminent water gushing. While the grout is curing. Exactly. And I'm <laughs> just like, oh shit. I'm like, and so I'm looking at the, at the grout cure and I'm like, and I'm looking at my hand over the pipe and I'm like, well, one is more important than the other. And if I don't clean that up, that's literally going to be cemented onto the tiles, like completely <laughs> messily. So the lesser of two evils here 
<laughs> is letting 10 litres or so of water gush out onto my friend's floor and into the into the kitchen below. Um, and it was at this point that Alan was in my ear going, nothing matters. Yeah. Everything is one. One is not more than the other. You cannot have light without dark. Nothing really matters. And I was like, listen, Alan, okay, I'm standing here with a sponge over 10 litres of water poised over my friend's house that he's trying to sell. And this does matter a little bit. And I was like, fuck you, Alan. Fuck you. <laughs> I then released the water and yeah, it, it flooded. Oh, uh, so you released it? I had yeah, to. There's yeah, no, yeah. I had no other choice, and you know, it, it leaked everywhere. Uh, I, cl- I cleaned up the grouting first, obviously, and yeah. then went downstairs to, to you know, just a very wet kitchen, mm. um, which didn't go well. But it, it leads me to 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 my point about uh, about struggling, and it was at that point that I was like, you know what? Fuck you, Alan. I bet you struggle. Yeah. And and then I, you know, I thought about it and I was like, this is like a massive, like influential Buddhist guru around in the 50s who like basically westernized Buddhism, you know, is full of wisdom. And there's no talk I've listened to that Alan Watts that I'm not like, oh, blown away with mm. like insight and love. And I'm like, oh, it's so genius. And then I was like, you know. Alan wouldn't have had no struggles. Alan was having struggles. Yeah. Like he was di- like he was divorced. Yeah. You know, he had seven kids. That shit comes with some prices to pay. Yeah. You know, you know What would Alan have done? Like, well, ex- exactly. know, the, 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 the grout is curing. Yeah. I've got a sponge over. Yeah, exactly. What am I going to do? Nothing matters. Yeah, it does, Alan. You're going to have to do one or the other. Flood <laughs> your mate's kitchen or leave it with cement on the side. <laughs> and you know, I can I just imagined in that moment that like, you know, his wife was just like, Alan, for goodness sake, will you just clean up your cigarettes? You know, you leave them all over the house and you empty bottles of whiskey. And he's like, shut up, Dorothy, for fuck's sake. I'm, I'm, I'm writing a sermon. And like, you know, no matter how woke and like insightful and knowledgeable and wise this man is, like he's got like flaws. relationship issues. Yeah. He's got flaws. And I think that sometimes we run the risk saying to our listeners like just do journaling and gratitude diary and you know eat some mushrooms occasionally yeah and everything will be fine and i i just thought it was worth pointing out that like you know everything's not fine and everything's never gonna be fine mm. everything's never gonna be you know everything you're never gonna get to that plateau of like oh i've paid the bills the cat's fed the, ha- the roof isn't falling down. I'm in love with my wife, gu- girlfriend, partner, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, oh, my shoes are undone. No problem. I'll just do them up. Like, you're going to have something that's, like, mm. really, you know, disturbing yeah. your peace. But I think, um, so a little kickback there is I think the the expectation of, like, you being able to solve all your problems is definitely a source of suffering in itself. Like, when you're struggling with problems to solve... And then you solve one and then another one pops up and you're like, oh, fuck, another problem. Like the expectation that you can have that sort of like empty inbox of problems mm. is in itself an inter- a source of internal suffering. Mm. And if you can get to a place where you realize that like life is a constant struggle, a constant video game with challenges, there's mm. never going to be some boring level where, you know, during this video game where you just you don't have any challenges or any tasks to complete. Mm. Um, you know, you have to you have to manage your expectations a little bit. And when we do, when well, when I personally talk about like my gratitude journal and my like daily practices, that they really help. There's an enormous correlation between my mental health when I do them and my mm. mental health when I don't. And I know that you agree with that as well. Mm. So yeah, sometimes I know what you're saying. Like we can come across as like maybe some like woke dickheads who are like, oh yeah, just journal and be grateful all the time. Mm. But it, they, I personally believe they're really handy tools. Mm. Um, but you have to manage your expectations in life. Like, yes, they're not like magic cure-alls that are going to make all of your life's problems go away. Mm. But it does make life a lot easier to handle. Yeah, I think I, I completely agree with you. I just think that like it, it's easy um, to come across as someone that's got their shit together. And, and that's generally how we experience it. Because mm. we're very self-detrimental. I don't mean you know you and me per se I mean 
you know, us, we, the, the royal we. Yeah. You know, you're, you're very self-detrimental and you're like, oh, I'm not, you know, qualified or I haven't got any skills or any talents mm. and they've got blah, blah, blah and blah. Mm. And you, you really put yourself down. But the person you're talking about is like, well, they've, they're a yoga instructor and a climbing instructor and a surfing instructor. I'm just, you know, pretend to be able to do stuff wood and, you know, draw pretty pictures sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But actually what they're going through is like, well, I'm actually not very good at this and I don't even like doing that and i haven't done that for 10 years yeah and um, are, are, sorry are you alluding to the fact that sometimes we come across as like we've got our shit together exactly and ah. i what i mean is like you know it's a very default um emotion yeah. to think someone else has got their shit together kind of like instagram versus reality exactly yeah, but yeah, yeah to be fair i think the difference is the on this podcast i've we've both spoken quite honestly about how we don't have our shit together mm, like yeah. quite openly there was um there was a post uh, by one of our friends Cecile that she wrote actually a few years ago which I uh, wanted to read out but I, I won't I won't because I don't have to hand but it was basically a really long post on Instagram um sort of sort of waving a flag of being like hey I very much realize that I appear to most people like someone that's really got their shit together like mm. she you know basically runs MV by herself um you know she's a very accomplished and and strong wo- excuse me woman and then she wrote this beautiful post um just basically around having your shit together mm. and it was like a just an honest hands up of like you know actually take a look at how sporadic my shit is mm. it's all over the place as if it was very thrown by a monkey in the zoo yeah yeah, and yeah. i absolutely do not have my shit together and the truth is no one does and that's the point that i'm kind of making mm. is that you know alan watts didn't have his shit <laughs> yeah, together yeah. okay he, he he may be wise and he may be able to give advice but like he definitely didn't have his shit together like he was a fucking alcoholic a heavy smoker you know divorced whatever yeah he had issues and i'm not like dragging him through the dirt because i love him and i think he's amazing i think he's worth listening to but like you know just because i could like tell someone how it would be best to like hit a 45 foot kicker on their snowboard doesn't mean i'm gonna hit the kicker myself yeah 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 no i agree and i do see where you're coming from like on our podcast we do like I say, we're quite open that we're very flawed and we, well, mm. we don't have our shit together. But at, at the same time, we do we can certainly come across as we've got our shit together. Because again, almost like a social media post, we are trying to promote our best selves mm. and like the best way that we've discovered living mm. uh, on our podcast. I mean, it'd be pretty shit if we were just like, oh, fuck me. instead of like, <laughs> what, are, what are you grateful for? What sucks in your life? <laughs> you know, let's know what you know. What shit are you going through? Yeah. Um, you know, we do try and, put, but I think yeah, you're right. And and like. Uh, when you were saying about people being flawed, like Alan Watts being flawed, I just remember thinking like, you've been smoking and drinking a lot, Alan, and I'm afraid you've got terminal cancer. <laughs> Listen, Doc, nothing is good or bad, my brother. No, 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 seriously, Alan, you're going to die. You've got two to four weeks to live. <laughs> Haven't we all got two to four weeks to no, live, Doctor? No, we don't, Alan. <laughs> but then you've got other people like Martin Luther King, uh, who mm. was a wonderful man, but, you know, I think it was a, it was a serial adulterer. Gandhi also um, mm. cheated on his wife quite a lot, you know. You know, but you can still do great things and achieve greatness, and you can mm. still be looked up to as a hero and acknowledged as human as well. Mm. You know, everyone is flawed. Like we can give great advice on the podcast, and you know, yeah, I think t- being having a gratitude journal is an amazing thing to do. It's a wonderful. Uh, habit to form and it really has changed my life and yeah meditating every day but you know do I meditate every day well kind of but like Mm. there are days that I don't like you don't look at me as some sort of flawless role model Mm. yeah yeah I guess what I wanted to do really is like is maybe just like call attention to it and and celebrate flaws because I think like such a common experience for everyone is for one to like hide their flaws and like you know cower away from their failures and I think like in that you just do so much absorbing of so so much of this like negative experience of your of your life and I think maybe if it was a bit more okay to be flawed mm. then you know I think social be media for people. does a does a very good job of like magnifying Mm. Uh, people's like ability to play it cool and like seem like they've got their shit together. I remember, mm. like, I mean, I think I've spoken about it on this podcast before, but when I was putting Instagram posts of me like quote unquote walking mm, in yeah, the yeah. in the parallel bars, people were like, oh, you're gonna walk again, and 
you know, from the outside looking in, if you've lost the ability to walk and then you gain back the ability to walk, then everything's fine. But like doing a few steps in the in the bars or with some walkers, mm. like you know, basically manipulating my legs with the spasticity which cripples me every day, mm. um, for like a, a fifteen second Instagram video, and mm. people like, wow, you're such an inspiration. When I was literally suicidal, I was yeah. like, well, I'm probably going to kill myself, and a lot of people are going to be like, wow. Why did he kill himself? Like, I know mm. he was disabled, but wasn't he learning to walk again? Surely mm. that must have been amazing. And mm. it was very bizarre. I actually stopped posting on Instagram because I was like, this is, I can't be honest here. Mm. Like, and I was very honest on my YouTube channel, but I was, mm. that was like a different platform. But mm. it was, I understand completely how, you know, people perceive people having their shit together through their, through, mm. through, through the lens of social media. Mm. And it's, it's very easy to lie through that yeah. lens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like, for example, I'm going to be posting pictures of us on a boat. And that was rad. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie, it was a really cool day. <laughs> but actually, I've uh, I've actually, on you know, on the flip side, I've just started therapy. Mm, yeah. Um, and I, I actually really more. wanted to talk about that because um, I have been struggling recently. Um, as many of you know, that Lou and I have separated and there's a void been left in my life and... I had a lot of things that I was dealing with. Um, so yeah, like it's actually a really good, really, really, really good segue into into the next part mm. because I will be posting pictures of us on a boat mm. with a bloody great sunset. And it was like literally like no filter needed, mm. perfect Instagram moment. And it, it wasn't just an Instagram moment. It was wonderful. Mm. But yeah, behind the scenes, I've been having therapy um, and I've been using this app called BetterHelp. Mm. And I've never heard of it before. A lot of people have been like, oh yeah, BetterHelp. I've heard of that. I'd never heard of it before. Mm. So I really want to like shout about it and ring a bell and be like hey if you need affordable therapy mm. then better help is definitely the way how, to go how affordable actually is it i actually would um, like to know so i qualify for financial aid uh because i i'm unemployed and disabled mm. so for me it's 40 euros a week but i think a normal, week wow yeah yeah so it's and, uh, and what sort of access do you get for 40 euros so a week? I get one one-on-one -on -one session mm -hmm. uh, so like a video chat with a therapist but then they're also on the end of the phone mm. um, if you need to chat to them or you can send them voice notes or messages like text back and forth no way. and one of the things I found incredibly helpful was uh, this woman was like um, hey uh, do, you want, do you mind filling out this questionnaire and I was like yeah cool like and I glanced at it and thought yeah I'll just I'll fill it out and then I realised that it was much much more than a questionnaire it actually took me about 45 minutes it was mm. more like journal prompts actually very very deep questions about like family relationships career like how do you value these and you know what are your relationship with with this and you know how do you feel about this and I was like well I may as well give this my all because I'm, I'm paying for this therapy and it mm. it was it provided some very valuable insights that I had no idea that I that I had, you know, it's sort of like, you know, what my priorities are and, and mm. what's holding me back. One of the things that was actually very, very insightful, which may sound bloody obvious, but um, a lot of the questions that were asked, I was like, oh, well, what could be holding me back in this area of my life is not being fully fluent in French. Mm. And that just kept popping up. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I do live in France and I'm not fluent in the native language. Of course, that's going to hold me back. I live in a tiny bubble of France mm. filled with English people. And, um, you know, that's going to hold me back in so many areas of my life. Um, one was that I applied for a job recently and they were like, oh, how good is your French? And I was like, oh, I hadn't even considered that when I applied for the job. And mm. I was like, yeah. So anyway, um, basically, I just want to say that I've only been using BetterHelp less than a week mm. and already... I find it extremely valuable. Wow. And uh, if you're looking for affordable therapy, my th my therapist is really lovely. Um, there's loads of different therapists you can choose from. She seems to be lovely. The one thing I would say, like as as a con, like it's um, like I've given you all the pros. So like on the cons section, I would say all of the therapists are in America. So she is seven hours behind me in time zones. So for example, like. If she does like a 10 a.m. session, that's like 5 p.m. for me. Mm. So there was, there's no other options to have like a, a therapist in a different time zone. Um, so they're all American. But, you know, that's kind of a small price to pay. Like you just have to do your therapy sessions on their, on mm. their schedule, which, which can be later in the day. I think I'd maybe prefer to do them in the morning, but mm. like 5 p.m. still works for me. Yeah, yeah. And again, like, 
you know, you can message them and they'll message you back. And I sent her some YouTube videos and she watched them. She's like, oh, you know, great. And that gives me a real good insight to what your life was like before Lou left. And mm. it was wonderful. I mean, mm. I, yeah. So great, man. That's mm. so nice to hear. And it's really nice to obviously like, you know, speak out about getting um, help because it's actually, you know, I, I've had a bit of talk with therapy myself, um, not for a while, but I found it incredibly valuable. And I, anyone that's, ever had talk therapy that's been you know been in my life have have said wonderful wonderful things about it that it's mm. incredibly valuable and yeah i i couldn't couldn't agree more i've had it before i had it before uh after my disability when i first suffered my accident suffered my disability uh and that was really great and my sister paid for that and she you know i can't thank her enough she's mm. such an absolute legend mm. um but that was really expensive and i had no idea that this better help even existed um mm. otherwise I'd have, I'd have definitely done that so uh, the thing that would it's was, quite new actually i don't think it existed when when you would have had, it, had interesting yeah. yeah well then definitely i've got a shout out about it on the podcast for mm. sure mm. because for affordable therapy to exist mm. is just incredible. Yeah. And I've benefited so much already. I had like this list of questions that I wanted and answers to, and I realized that you can't rely, like we've sort of been sort of shouting about plant medicine for a while. And mm. yes, it's absolutely valuable, but you can't rely on plant medicine all mm. the time. You can't just be like, oh, I've got a problem. Like, let's just mm. eat some more mushrooms. Mm. Like, that's not yeah, yeah, absolutely. a responsible way of doing it. And it's something I don't advocate. But then actually came to me during the plant medicine ceremony um ironically that was like hey maybe you should get talk therapy mm. because you know i don't have all the answers to these questions they're quite deep and maybe you could talk about it with mm. a therapist and i was like yeah that's a bloody good idea mm. um and i have done and it it continues to be a good idea and, and i've only just started it so i can only see it getting better mm. amazing yeah yeah so it was really really cool well done um, so yeah have you have you thought about talk therapy? Have you had it before? Yeah, I definitely love to get talk therapy. I'm not like in a in a position financially at the moment to get it even even forty a, a week at the moment. It's, it would be too much for me to spend. Mm. Um, I don't, I'm not desperate for it. I, having had it previously, I found it to be incredible. I, I'm like like magic it feels like I'm mm. bit of my head's being rummaged around by a magician. Like, oh, how did you guess that? No, mm. what the hell? That's that's totally right, and yeah, um, I had it most recently um, um, during during the lockdown actually, but not because of like the difficulties I was struggling with being locked down, because the the um, the current problem I was having um, as to where where to be uh, for the lockdown was was just causing me too much stress for whatever reason, and um, yeah, uh, it sort of provoked me to 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 get get a little bit of help, and um, it was incredible. It was really beautiful. It was only like six sessions, but um, I I was blown away mm. by like how much discovery I did, and like it was it was mind blowing stuff to understand like you know where I'd gone wrong or not wrong, but like where mm. things had happened and what the cause of these things were, and how to better navigate them and how to recognize them, not necessarily fix them, because like I have a certain like almost detrimental alignment to freedom, mm. and I'll I will hold that higher over everything else whether it's detrimental to, you know, my, you know, my work life, my relationships, whatever. I'm like, no, I'd rather be free. Mm. And that can actually go as far as like suicidal thoughts for me, like what mm. did do in the past, like, oh, not in a depressed way, but in a, hey, I think I'd really like to jump off this cliff. I hate I, like, having mm. a, a visceral compulsion to throw myself in front of a truck or off a cliff. And apparently that was actually because suicide is the, the ultimate freedom, which I found out during the, during the therapy. And, it hasn't stopped me being like, you know, incredibly focused on freedom, not mm. suicidally. That was years ago when my mental health was, was very bad. Um, it doesn't happen normally. Uh, um. <laughs> it's wonderful the way that the, the therapist can point you to things to make you understand them better. So even if you don't stop almost fantasizing about it, you can be like, oh, that's my urge for mm, freedom. Exactly. And recognizing it. Yes. I mean, like, oh, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to follow through with that, but, like, yeah. that's just my mind. Exactly. That's the way my mind works. And yeah. I love that. And and I and also, I think that, yeah, um, so 160 euros a month. So, so yeah, 40 euros a, a week. It, it, like, it is quite expensive. Like, it, like, maybe that's not affordable for everyone. And that's mm. with my, with the discount that I uh, got as well. Um, you're right. But, like, I found that, the fact that like so you get out of therapy what you put into it 
and because I'm paying for it, like, and it's quite expensive, it's more, like, expensive than, like, Spotify or, like, a Netflix account, you know mm. what I mean? You're like, well, I'm actually paying money for this, so mm. I should probably, like, when I was, like, filling out that form, I was like, you know, I'm not just going to scribble my answers, I'm going to actually, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've finan- I'm financially obliged to, you know, to, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've put money in this, so I want to I wanna mm. get more return yeah, out of yeah. it, so, like, it was really, yeah. really good, and... And I can't, I can't wait to see where it goes. To be honest, it, it, mm. like the therapist seems really lovely, and like I say, she's. I was messaging back and forth with her, and and it was just really, really lovely. I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to go into too much detail about the personal things that I was, that I was talking about, obviously, mm. but uh, there were just some wonderful, wonderful prompts that she was going back and forth with, and mm. and and also she said to me. Um, which was really lovely. She was like, you know, I was like, you know, what what can I do? She was like, to be honest, just keep doing what you're doing. Like mm. you're doing really well. Like you're going through an incredibly tough time and you seem to be handling it really mm. well. And I was like, well, I think I am actually, like <laughs> yeah. to be fair. Um, yeah. I look around at other people that are in similar positions that mm. are that perhaps aren't handling it as well as I'm handling it so perhaps I shouldn't be so hard on myself mm. but there are other things and yeah I'm, I'm, I'm being very vague obviously because you mm. know it's, it's my personal therapist but, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah it was uh it was just it was just a wonderful thing and nice yeah. man thanks well thanks for sharing that that's really like it's really good it's really affirming it's nice mm. to talk about talk therapy and yeah it's definitely um helps give me a nudge to maybe get some myself when I can afford it yeah, man, absolutely, one hundred percent. It's it's really good, and like you say, so oh, spaz, leg spasm. <laughs> um, it's like a leg boner. <laughs> <laughs> For all you, what, what's the word? For all, oh, uh, d- devotees. Devotees. For all the devotees out there, For he just the, had a leg boner. Yeah, yeah. And for those of you that don't know what a devotee is, it's um, look it up. Look it up, yeah. Um, <laughs> but we were saying about how we come across as like really, really wise, and yet we're f- and yet we're flawed. Mm. You know, like you were saying that. But you had quite an interesting anecdote about uh, Ramdas. Uh, oh yeah, this a, was when I was on sort a train of going through my you know understanding that like, hey, gurus are, are a mess too. And actually, Ramdas, although like massively wise, like most of his wisdom he puts across in stories of you know, situations in which he's failed. Yeah, like almost like self-deprecating. Yeah. Like, and these like, are the mistakes I've made. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then pointing to like, you know, a way that we shouldn't be doing that. But in doing so, like he's using that a story about himself to to like illuminate the fact that, you know, he still does. Yeah. Um, one of the things, that, uh, stories that he was telling, it was about like, um, I actually don't think it was his his detriment it was uh it was like a um uh his martial art master mm. he learned a martial art um strictly obviously as he was a master of it called aikido and it's oh, like yeah. a, it's a japanese uh martial art and it's basically about reconciliation and as a student of aikido you should never uh you should never use aikido yeah don't strike first yeah. it's all about not, self-defense w- w- not even strike second i think like you're oh, not really? you're, you're forbidden from using it as a student of Aikido, and like, when are you not a student? Essentially, interesting. Yeah, so it, it's really like it's a, like quite classically culturally Japanese thing. It's like really mm, like tasty mm. of that of that Japanese culture. And um, basically, the story is that like this uh, this Aikido master guru was you know on a, on a subway, and having studied it for many years and being you know quite a master of it was you know very at one with it had never used it and then mm. like the not the next stop opened up the doors came in and in barges like this wasted you know drunken scraggly haired dirty smelly man who's you know clearly about to cause a fuss and the, the master sits there and is like ah oh, this is my time a righteous <laughs> righteous situation in which i can unleash hell having like no I wouldn't possibly use it but like no this is the chance and like this man starts like actually being violent with people and like trying to kick people and people are like scurrying away from him Mm. and hiding in the corners and even more so this man is speaking to himself like now is the time I will be the hero and I will strike where is necessary (laughs) (laughs) it's like this is actually a position where I'm not going to be a dickhead to kick the shit out of someone like Mm. you know I can I can save these people who are being harmed I can justify this, this is, violence. This is a just use of this, like wise and very giving and reconciliatory yeah. 
martial art. Vigilante hero in this story. Exactly, <laughs> and he he stands up and and he's ready to go. And the, the guy's like, "Oh yeah, you you want some? Probably not because he was Japanese. Yeah. So I was like, hi, I really hope that's not racist. Um, I can't speak Japanese. And um, as as they begin to engage, obviously, you know, the master is aware of himself and knows that he can't strike first but as soon as he does he's gonna go down yeah 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 and then as they're about to like meet arms basically this this voice like shrieks from across the cab like oi hello and um and like catches both their attention as they both turn around and the old the um the the, the drunken geezer is like um like wanders over to him like why should i talk to you and he's like come come talk to me he's like what what have you got to say and the little man's like oh what have you been drinking and he's like sake and he's like oh i love sake yeah yeah i drink with my wife she's 76 don't you know we spend our days outside looking at the trees grow oh yeah isn't it brilliant and he's like yes i like the trees too <laughs> and he's like and i'm sure you've got a beautiful wife at home and he's like no my wife died i don't have a job i don't have a place to live and suddenly he's disarmed and like he's weeping and and then the master is looking and just like just in a hatred and self-loathing of like oh that was how to solve the situation i am not woke i am not wise i still have much to learn and as he left the train on his stop he looks back to see the old man like gently stroking the matted hair of the violent drunk as he sobs oh. you know bitterly into his lap you know telling Telling all his woes. Oh, and when when he was actually ready to use violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always yeah. there's always a better way, and I, and, you know, him being like an Aikido master of mindfulness and Zen, and actually, you know, if we're yeah. still all human, and we're still yeah. like, oh, I get a chance to like cool and big and strong in front of people. Yeah, and you know, we go to take it. That's and so there's, funny. There's not always a little Japanese man to be like, hey. Come, come, tell me what's really bothering That's you. That's so funny. That reminds me of uh, of an anecdote because I used to do Wing Chun. It's actually very, very similar. Mm. Um, so it, it, it's two anecdotes, but the first one. So I used to do Wing Chun, and I was uh, I was quite good at. It. So I, I started with a few friends, and they all dropped out, and I was the only one that carried on. And there was this one guy who was like one of my friends. He was like six foot six, and he was like twenty stone, and uh, he was like. You know, we're at the party. He's like, "Oh, what? You're still doing Wing Chun, are you, mate? Like, what have you learned?" I was like, "Well, like, come at me and 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 see." And mm. like, I kind of did this little move where I sort of like turned his chin and like pu- pulled his elbow and then kicked mm. him on the back of the leg. And then mm. he was just on the floor. He's like, "Oh fuck!" So you've you've learned quite a lot then. So I just like floored this like twenty stone massive guy. Yeah, like, yeah. As yeah, he was one of my friends as yeah. as a, as as like a a playful like show of this is what I've learned. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys all dropped out, but six months later, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I got to use it for real. Yeah. Uh, and and I was like, oh, again, it was this it was this moment where um, <laughs> it's very much exactly how you described. <laughs> like uh, we were. Uh, if I can remember rightly, we were we were we'd been drinking. We were going through like this very rough bit of Portsmouth, uh, and I'm from Southampton. That is rough. Yeah, and and people from Southampton um, aren't very much liked in Portsmouth because of some sort of weird rivalry. I don't know why. I've mm. never really bought into two, it. The two muths. Yeah, but to be honest, um, I there's no way he would have known that mm. I was. But I was with three people that were from Zimbabwe, and for some reason he thought that we were Australians. Like, hey, you fucking Aussie cats! Sorry, mum. <laughs> uh, um, I will. He's paraphrasing. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing. Um, you know, and he was like starting a fight with us because for some reason he thought we were Australian, mm. and um, he had a little scuffle with my mate Dan, and then and, and, and I was like, okay, cool. Well, this, you know, this is my moment. Exactly mm. like that Aikido. This is my moment. Mm. This is brilliant. <laughs> and um, he comes up to me. He took his belt off. And like, what? yeah, well, he was going to hit me with his belt and I was taught, you know, to, to like read the body language. And, mm. you know, it, I remember my Wing Chun master saying, like, talk with your hands, you know, like because your hands are up in front of your face and you're ready to like mm. strike. And I could read his body language. He like opened his arm up like this mm. and like to hit me with the belt. And I just stepped in. Bam. Open, <laughs> open palm strike straight to the face. Boom. Like knocked him. Cl- no, I don't think I knocked him out, but he was. On the floor, one yeah. strike, and I was like, "Fuck yes!" I think that's the first time I've ever hit anyone, yeah. like ever, like. And I've just laid him out on the floor. This was fucking great, <laughs> you know. I was like, "Oh my god!" I got my, exactly what I signed up my for. My powers mm. is, uh, 
It's so good. This exactly is what I've been doing Wing Chun for a year for, so I can defend myself and look great in front of my mates. And being someone who doesn't really like thrive upon violence, all of a sudden we were like running away because we were like, well, this guy was really violent, and there were four of us. But yeah. like for some reason we were still quite scared because yeah. like we're like, well, he's on the floor now. Let's bloody peg it. Yeah. So we ran down the road. We're in this chip shop and you know getting a kebab or something. Um, <laughs> And my friends were like, bloody Alfred, that was so good. Yeah. Mate, oh my God, you knocked that guy out. Well done. And I was like, yes. I was like, this must be why people oh, fight. so funny. I could totally imagine you. There's like your ego beaming out of your chest, like standing like aloft the, the greasy cabinet in the kebabby shop. And the guy's like, hey man, what do you want? And you're like, I'll take a seven up, please. <laughs> I absolutely just nailed that guy down the road. I don't know if you saw. That's right. <laughs> But it was so funny. And I was like, before that, I was like, why are people violent? Why do people fight? You know, that's so, you know, why can't everyone just be, you know, a pacifist? Why can't mm. everyone be peaceful? And I was like, this is why people fight. Because when you knock someone out, it feels fucking great. Your <laughs> friends look up at you like you're some sort of kung fu master. And you're like, oh, Fred, you knock that guy I out. I hope and, you've got a retort for this like, as to yeah, not yeah. incite yeah, no, violence. I did. Yeah, I will. Yeah, This isn't the end of the anecdote. <laughs> But I was filled with like, oh yes, mm. God, I've got this amazing power. I can, I can, I can hit people and hurt them. This is great. Like you know, mm. having been bullied at school and not very tough. And I was like, this is brilliant. Uh, anyway, so moving on to the to the to the the, the better bit of the story. I remember uh, coming out of Southampton Guildhall. Crikey, I'd just seen Jurassic 5 mm. and I was like, this is brilliant. And I'd actually come from Wing Chun that night, like Wing mm. Chun practice. So it was brilliant. I'd done Wing Chun earlier. I'd come outside. And um, this guy was pissing on my car, like <laughs> pissing on the door handle. I was like, oi, mate. And he like turned around. He's like, yeah, what the fuck do you want? And I was like, yes, this is my time. I'm going to use my powers again. <laughs> This drunken <laughs> fool doesn't know who he's dealing with. Don't you know I've knocked a man out before? Or at least knocked him to the floor. I don't know if he was knocked out, but still, you know. You um, weren't there. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, he was knocked out. <laughs> a single open palm strike coming up for you, young sir. And uh, actually, just before this happened, um, literally moments before, and I could literally, I was like, right, I, oh, this is brilliant. Oh, my God, I'm going to do it. I'm visualising me striking this man, you know, glorifying the violence, like want to relive yeah. that glorious adrenaline rush before. Three of his mates came over. It was like, hey, hey, mate, we're really sorry. Like, come on. He's just drunk. We're really sorry, mate. Is that your car? And all of a sudden I was like, oh, yeah, no, that is my car. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, no worries. Like, yeah, he's obviously just had a few bits, few, and I was like, shit. I was moments away from punching this guy, and then his three mates who would come over, like, very apologetically, like, we're really sorry, would have almost certainly been like, oi, you've just hit our mate, and yeah, then yeah. laid into me, and I'd have been like, oh my god, now there's three on one, and I'd probably got the shit kicked out of me. Like, so it was like this wonderful like moment of like, ah, oh, yes, saved yeah. by not striking yeah, this man yeah. I mean I think that's a good thing to end on I feel like you know whatever you put into the universe you're gonna get it out and you know you're not gonna win if it's violence you know, you know what no one has ever been violent and you know Got, got away with it basically mm. it's uh, it's gonna come back I'm sure you. there's a few uh, exceptions mm. to the yeah. rule but... Clint Eastwood yeah but anyway yeah I, Wolverine I've... another one yeah Anyway, we'll leave it there uh, before I go off. I was, uh, like, when I was defending myself, it felt great. But then I was like, hmm, you know, I, I let it get to my head. And then I, I dodged a bullet. Because mm. I, I, sw like, I swear, those those three apologetic guys would mm. not have been... Would as not a, have been... Yeah, as forthcoming. Mm, mm. If I'd have just, like, knocked out their friend mm. for urinating on my vehicle. Mm. It does seem unreasonable. However, um, should we end on a joke? I've actually got a great joke You've about anger. You've got a good one. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah let's have it then. Um... How can you tell if a pepper is angry? I don't know. How can you tell if a pepper's angry? Because he's hollopping your face. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. And then you can wing chun him. Boom. But only if he's hollopping your face. If he's mm. just urinating on your vehicle, then just leave that pepper alone. <laughs> Go on, my peaceful pepper. <laughs> on your way, sir. Nice. Right. Uh, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you in the next episode. Zip it up and zip it out. Peace. Zip it up. Goodbye. 
Hey everyone, we really hope you enjoyed the episode. If you know someone who would benefit from or would appreciate this podcast, please share it with them. Word of mouth is always the best way to help this podcast grow. Another way you can help us grow is to simply take a screenshot on your phone right now and share it on your Instagram story. You can follow us on Instagram too, at Apes on Tape Podcast, and get in touch with us directly. And check out some of the pics and videos we share that directly relate to what we talk about. Thanks for listening, guys. See you in the next one. Bye.